Hi, this is Bill Ringel, host of My Quest for the Best, where ambitious small business leaders share, discover strategies and tactics to unlock their growth potential. Joining me today is Susie Pruden. Susie Pruden is founder of Itty Bitty Publishing, as well as an accomplished speaker and seminar leader and published author of 12 best-selling books. Within a matter of weeks, Itty Bitty had gone from a great idea to a real company. They launched the company on January 1st, 2015, and within 30 days, had their first authors. She's a former clinician to the President's Council on Physical Fitness and Sports, who has been in the health and wellness industry for more than 45 years. Welcome, Susie. Thank you. It's very good to be here and very exciting for me. Susie, can you fill in a few details from the bio and tell us something about your personal life? I was a fitness expert and had a fitness school in New York City until 1983 when I sold it and basically retired at the age of 40 and then tried to figure out what to do with the rest of my life. That's when I was a clinician to the President's Council and went through a lot of changes after I sold my business. Divorced, moved to California, became a pioneer in the body-mind industry, worked with Louise Hay and Deepak Chopra, and then became a hypnotherapist, opened up a weight loss center in Beverly Hills, and had five offices in the L.A. area. 2008 came, and I was a franchise, so couldn't pay my franchise fee, so I lost the franchise, thank goodness, and started to work with entrepreneurs. When you decided to work with entrepreneurs, what was your first service that you offered to entrepreneurs? Well, as a hypnotherapist and a coach, because I was a business coach, I forgot to mention that. I Working with entrepreneurs is very exciting because entrepreneurs, in the, they have to be self-starters. And they have to be, I'm an entrepreneur, they have to be willing to work 80 hours so they don't have to work for somebody else for 40 a week. And they have to be willing to pick up the phone, and they have to be willing to follow up and follow through, and they have to be willing to to stay late and do the work, and they have to be willing to show up and go out and get business. They have to be willing to do all of that. For some people, that's very difficult even though they want to do it. The most challenging thing for many entrepreneurs literally is picking up the phone. And I do a whole seminar on the monies in the phone. From your experience, Susie, what makes it difficult for entrepreneurs to pick up the phone when they know that what's waiting on the other side, the good conversations, enable them to serve more people, have a bigger impact, as well as do more business? It's phone phobia, I would say. It's like, I guess a lot of people, most people are afraid of rejection. And, you know, I can call 50 people and get five yeses, although I get more yeses than most. But people don't like to hear the word no. And I don't teach people to cold call. I have a actually an author that does that. But people just don't want to pick up the phone. They just don't want to. And so I would work with them on that, and then I would give them the hypnosis process to release their fear, no matter what it was, and to have an easier time picking up the phone. And it would always work. And the follow-up and the follow-through, you know, you for example, I just went to a conference. And I came back with 26 sales of a new product that I have. And I started entering those sales into my computer last night when I got home. But I immediately took it out of my briefcase, sat down at my computer, and I started to do the work. A lot of people won't do that. They wait. 
and because following up means I'm going to have to call every single one of these people now. But that's my job. That's my business. And so when I had the when I started working with entrepreneurs, a lot of entrepreneurs know they have to do the. It's a, a form of procrastination. They have to do the work, but they don't want to do the work. So then I would work with them and hypnotize them and then help them do the work, and then they would do the work, and they were very happy about it. So that was another business that I had. Tell us about how you started Itty Bitty Publishing. And yeah, I was just about to go there. My sister and I, my sister is my business partner, and she lives north of here. I'm in L.A. She's just north of L.A. in Palmdale. And we went to a seminar in Las Vegas. And the seminar leader was talking about books. Now, my sister and I have co-authored five books. And so we're driving back from Los Angeles, and and this person was saying, write a little book, a little book, like 90 pages. Write a little book, and, you know, you can publish it on Amazon, and it's just, just, just do that. So I'm coming back, and I used to be in the weight loss industry. So I said, well, I'll write an itty-bitty weight loss book. So we came back. I went, uh, this is when I still had my weight loss center. I didn't have time to write the book, so she wrote the book. And we didn't know what we were doing. We had no idea what we were doing. And it was an ugly book. It had an ugly cover. It had too much information in it. And at that time, in 2006, people said, you have to buy 2,000. So we bought 2,000 to sell. I think we had 1,800 left. And it just didn't work. Cut to 2014. I'm working with entrepreneurs, and I'm getting very tired of the business. And I have a tendency to ask God for what I want. So I said, God, I'd really like something different. I don't want to do this coaching anymore. I want to do something different. I want it to be bigger. I want it to have more of a reach. I want to make a bigger difference. And my sister and I were, I asked my sister to change the cover of the itty-bitty book and to cut it, make it shorter. And so we're standing in my living room over the holidays. She said, I want to show you the new book. I said, great. She shows me this new cover. And the old book had been called, that my name has been on everything for 50 years, Susie Prudence Itty-Bitty Weight Loss Book. Mm -hmm. So she has her finger over the top of the book, and she's showing me the cover, which was similar to an ad we used to use in our business that was successful. I said, that looks like a good cover. And then she took her fingers off the top, and my name was gone. And it was called The Amazing Itty Bitty Weight Loss Book. My ego had a blip. It kind of went, (laughs) um, and it it was wonderful. And I looked at my sister, and I said, you sure you don't want my name on the book? And then I looked at the book, and I said, actually, that's a million-dollar business. And that afternoon, we discussed how we were going to do the business. Four days later, we were in business with Itty Bitty Books, Itty Bitty Publishing. We opened up a new corporation, S&P Productions, for Susie and Petey. My sister's name is Joan, but I call her Petey from childhood. So it's Susie and Petey Productions. Two, two weeks later, we had our first author. Six weeks later, we had our first published book. Because she had learned how to do the back end of publishing while I was running the companies and working with one-on-one with people, she was discovering all how to do the back end of publishing. Because of the Internet, the publishing industry has totally changed. And so people like us could create our own publishing company, which we did. And then we just, I would go to seminars and I would go to workshops and I would just talk about itty-bitty publishing and do you want to write a book? And people well, I want to write a book, and I want to write a book, and I want to write a book, and I want to write a book. So we started to sign them up to write books. I'd love to hear the difference, how you differentiate itty-bitty publishing from other publishers and other agents. 
what is, what is it that makes it so attractive in terms of the process for authors and particularly new authors? The world is being inundated with information. And people believe in the past that the more you write, the bigger the book, the better it is. And the more stories you tell, the more interesting the book is. Well, we've gotten, my sister and I have gotten to the point where stories really bore us. We don't want to hear the story. Please don't tell me you were born under a cabbage patch and you struggled for your whole life until you finally made it to become a millionaire. It's a boring story for me. I've heard it too many times from too many people. So when we looked at Itty Bitty, we thought all we want to do is we want information that's going to make a difference for the reader that they don't have to weed through. Like, for example, Dummies books are 350 pages that you have to read with a yellow highlighter. Then you have to remember where you wrote the yellow highlights. So Itty Bitty books are the yellow highlights. Every single Itty Bitty book looks the same, is the same in terms of layout. 15 chapters. Each chapter is two pages. You have one page of numbered information, one page of bullet points that support that page, and that also send the reader to get more information from the author's website, where they may have white pages and videos and all kinds of stuff that will expand the information. But when the reader is reading the itty-bitty book, they're not inundated and overwhelmed. You can read an itty-bitty book in 20 minutes. Who do you think should write a book, and what would it do for them? Any person that has an expertise that they are using in their business. For example, we have a Heal Your Body book. It's written by a woman who teaches people um, how to work with their body to have a strong, healthy body. And it's basically 15 things they need to do on a daily or weekly basis that will keep them healthy. And she uses that book to then create classes and then to bring in business. We have another woman, and this is a fun story. She wrote a book on QuickBooks. She's actually written three. We're turning her, her three books into a trilogy. She wrote a book on QuickBooks because she's a QuickBooks expert. And she was at a conference, a QuickBooks conference, and she's in the elevator talking to somebody, in the a gentleman, about her book. Didn't have a copy, but she had a bookmark with a picture of her book on it. And she's telling this gentleman about this new book that she's got coming out. And he said, well, what do you need right now? And she said, I need to meet the person in charge of booking the speakers for the QuickBooks conferences. And he said, you're talking to him. And so she now speaks all over the country at QuickBooks conference. So that's the kind of thing. So now she's got three books. She uses them in her business. She just ordered a whole bunch more. We have a gentleman who does elder care, and he has a company on the East Coast, that he teaches people what to look for when they're trying to help their parents or the older people in their lives find the right people to help them, either at home or in a facility. A lot of our authors sell their books. A lot of our authors give them away, which I, I don't like them to do that. I like them to sell their books. Why is it that you don't like people to give away their book? What's your principle or philosophy about selling what makes it more valuable people don't value what they don't pay for it's that simple i hate it when people give me books i don't want people to give me books if i want a book i want to buy it if i want it as a gift that's it you know because 
I want that book and that person wants to give it to me, that's different. But I've been to workshops where people who are in compilation books will have a copy of their of the book on every person's chair because they've got three pages in the book. That immediately diminishes that person in my mind. If I buy the book because I'm interested in reading those three pages, that's a whole different thing. And I tell my authors this. I just came from my two days in a mastermind meeting, and my coach in this mastermind says everybody should write a book. He's in, he even has a, an arm in his company that is a publisher. And he said, and use them as a business card. So I speak on his stage, and I tell the entire audience, I said, I totally disagree with Craig. I said, you should not give your book away as a business card. You should sell your book. And first of all, it feels good for the author to sell your book. It feels good for the purchaser to buy the book. I'm very strong in, in if you don't pay for it, you don't value it. If I give my service away, the person I give my service away to doesn't value it. I once gave a trade with a friend of mine who does a financial program and I was doing, I can't remember which program I was doing, but we did a trade. It was pretty much equal financially. And the first night I didn't show up at her workshop. Second week I didn't show up at her workshop. I called her the next day. I said, I said, Shelly, I'm not showing up because I didn't pay for the workshop. I don't want to pay full price because we did a trade. What if I paid 50%? She said, that'll work. She said, I was thinking the same thing. So I paid her $400 with an $800 workshop, and I showed up. So when you give a book away as a business card, unfortunately, that book usually ends up in a pile that either ends up in the garbage, which I will not do, or ends up at Goodwill. Because I won't, I won't dishonor a book by throwing it away, but I, I will, I'll give it away. I don't want people to do that. Let me ask you, in developing your business as a publishing business, You've now published how many books or how many authors? We have about 130 authors that are in play, so to speak. I think we have about 50 up on Amazon. And if you go to the website, which is com, you can see the books. What was the time when there was a turning point with your business where you may have gotten your first authors initially, but at a certain point, as you look back now, you knew that this was the right decision for you to put your time and energy and resources into building Itty Bitty Publishing as your business. What was that turning point as you look back on it now? The moment we came up with the idea. It was amazing. The moment we came up with the idea, we knew we had a million-dollar business. And then all we had to do was keep making it up, getting new authors, making up new programs. It wasn't that we did Itty Bitty and then it slowly grew and then we knew it was a winner. It was almost as if... God had handed us this thing. It was that moment. Right. It was over the holidays, and you had that moment when you probably both looked in each other's eyes and said, this is it. This is it. Now, I'm 74. She's 78. So this is three years ago. I was 71. Okay, so she's 75. This is probably what we will do for the next 10 years, five years. We'll probably then sell it and retire, maybe, I doubt. It's like we wanted something that would live beyond us. Does that make sense? Yes, Absolutely. What yeah. was the point where you had the best market validation that this was going to be something that you would be able to get your authors into the best spot? Now, a lot of people question the value of getting in bookstores these days. Maybe you could touch on whether that's one of your objectives or not. Bookstores are a dying breed. I love bookstores. I love going into bookstores. I don't want my book in a bookstore because you won't find it. Our books are, number one, too small, and number two, bookstores – have a now I've been in bookstores. I am a New York Times bestseller 
from before the Internet. I've done 18 national book tours. I mean, I've done all of that. I hate book signing. Unless you're a very famous person, people aren't really going to show up. And so it's embarrassing. And if your book doesn't sell within two months, the bookstore tears off the front cover, sends it back to the publisher, and the publisher has to refund the money. And so they lose money. I would love to, as I mentioned, I want airport because we can have a kiosk. We have 50 itty-bitty books. So let's say a target wants 10 of our authors because they think 10 books would make a nice kiosk. And it's 10 topics that they want to see if it works, like Heal Your Body or we have a book on retiring rebels. Don't retire, basically. We have books on money management. We have books on how to avoid being audited. We've got books covering the gamut. So if we were to get into a place like Target where someone's waiting online and they see all these itty-bitty books, I've seen people, when I've been at places where I have all my books on display, go through my rack and, and buy 10 books. I was at a conference and I had said to my sister that morning, I do want to get some authors today, but what I really want is to meet someone who can get me into Target. That's what I said to her. It's, it's the same thing I said when I said, I really want a bigger business, a different business, and then we fell upon itty bitty. So we're at the conference and there's some various activities. I wasn't teaching that week, so I didn't have a table, but I was visiting. So I went and saw all my friends, I saw their products, I saw their services, and I had, as I had said I, that morning, I want to meet the person who can get us into Target. My sister is sitting by the water cooler. A gentleman walks up to get some water, and my sister says, hi, how are you, who are you? And they start a conversation, and he says his name, and he's just moved from Hong Kong, and um, what he does is he helps uh, people get their product into places like Target. And she said, um, my sister wants to meet you. And it was at that point, it was towards the end of the event, that I walked up. And Susie introduced me. Susie, this is Kim. Kim, this is Susie. Susie, tell Kim about Itty Bitty. And I happened to have a handful of books with me. And I said, well, Itty Bitty is my company, our company. And what we're looking to do is to get our product into Target. And he picks up the books and he goes through them and he said, this is actually, the price point is right. The size is right. You could probably do this. I just arrived here from Hong Kong. Let me get my feet on the ground, so to speak, and then let's talk. And so we're talking next week. Oh, so this just happened recently? It happened a year ago, but he wasn't ready. And so now he's ready. And so now we're ready because we have 50 books to choose from. We have one gentleman who has actually written four books with us. He's on his fourth book right now. And he is a gentleman who teaches sales. He's brilliant. He's absolutely brilliant. And using his itty-bitty book, he's grown from making $100,000 to making three-quarters of a million dollars a year. He travels all over the world now teaching sales. He just came back from Australia. He was in Dubai last year. He was, he's going to England, I'm not quite sure when, and companies bring him in to teach their sales force how to sell. From that, they see his process, they'll hire him for the year to work with the company. So, for example, he told me one day he had 20 books. He went in, he worked with car dealership. He gave a one-day presentation. He was paid $1,500, and they hired him and gave him a $36,000 contract for the year. What's this gentleman's name who's a successful author? Tony Camacho, Anthony Camacho. He's wonderful. Anthony Camacho, he is our golden boy. We're talking to him right now about creating a workshop for our authors to teach them what he does 
so that they can grow their businesses the way he's grown his. Because I believe a book is a business builder, not a business card. And what do you think is different about the way that he does it, where he is actually giving away a book in order to make that introduction? And and like you said, well, here's what he does: he gives it to the decision maker, or one of the people he's already works with gives it to a decision maker, and he gives it to the decision maker. Not here's my business card. Here is my program that I would like to teach your people. And he shows them all the success. So it's one, if you give it, just give it away. It's not perceived as, as value. It's not perceived as value, but he very specific. This is my program. I would like to teach your salespeople so that you can increase your sales. And they do. I mean, he, he's got company. He's got Rolls Royce. He's got Toyota. I mean, he's got big companies. And and he's got them because he walks in, he he's always dressed impeccably, and that's his persona. And he comes in and he says, I will turn your company around, and he does. And he uses his books to, to do that. And then, then, then what he does is he'll take a picture, he'll work with 50 people in a company, and they'll do a, a photo shoot, so to speak, of all of the people in the company holding up an itty-bitty book that they just purchased. If someone's listening to this and thinking, my gosh, how involved is it to create an itty-bitty book? Because it can really lead to opening business doors. It can really lead to heightening one's perception of someone as a thought leader. It could really lead to differentiating your business and your expertise from many of the competition. What's involved? How many weeks or months does it take in order to create a book (laughs) and have it published and available? That's a wonderful question. That depends on the author. We've had some of our people write their book in three days. We've also had some people write their book in two years. It's not a difficult book to write. You just have to sit down and do it. We have specific guidelines. This is what we do. When you become an itty-bitty author, we send you a how-to-write-an-itty-bitty-book book. We send you an itty-bitty book, and we send you the template. So it's like paint-by-numbers. So you write in the template exactly what you want to say, and you have to keep it very short. A lot of people overwrite. So when you when you send it, when you write it, and seriously, we had one woman write her book in three days. She sent it to us. She followed the instructions. My sister is the editor. She edited it. She sent it back. The woman made the corrections, sent it back. We sent it to two different editors. Three, three different editors look at the book. So it goes, my sister is the first, then Jan is the second. She looks for all the spelling mistakes, the missed words and stuff like that, sends it back to the author, makes the corrections. We then send it to Donna to make sure that all the capital, everything that needs to be capitalized is capitalized, that there are no extra periods or commas or whatever. So it goes through three editing processes, and then we, we send the author a proof, and once the author signs off on it and says, yes, I approve, then we upload it to Amazon and all the digitals. When you say Amazon and all the digitals, what do you mean by that? Oh, thank you for asking. Okay, Nook, Kindle, Smashwords, Kobo, D2D, iTunes, Barnes & Noble, anything that you can put on your computer, your phone, your, I have a Kindle, some people have a Nook, Whatever it is that you read online, that's a digital book. So we publish the hard, it's not a hard cover, it's a soft cover on Amazon so that you can ha- actually have a book in your hand. And then we put it on all the, the Kindles and the Nooks and the 
so you can download it. So it comes in two forms. So when you upload a Kindle book, you can order that Kindle book either as an electronic Kindle or have it delivered as a published book, and Amazon will do that for you? Yes. Now, if you buy it as a Kindle, it goes on Kindle, but if you buy it as an Amazon, and they're different prices. The the prices for your Amazon book is, now we, we go by their prices. We tell our authors to sell their books for $10. They purchase them from us for 450 and that is our printing costs, the taxes, the shipping, and itty bitty charges a dollar fifty for the book. So they buy them from us for four fifty and they sell them for ten. So they're making five dollars and fifty cents per book. When they sell them through Amazon and the digitals, Nook, Kindle, Smash Words, Kobo, then we do a fifty fifty split with our authors. And I, I tell all my authors and this is very, very important. Everybody asks me, How quickly will I make my money back by selling books? And I tell them you won't. You'll make your money back by using your book as a business builder, by creating seminars, by creating workshops, by really get using your book to build your business. It's it's not a vanity thing. This is a working tool. And all of my authors that do that make money. So and they example, do a variety of different subjects and yes. industries. It's it, 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 it's amazing. I I met we have a marijuana book. We're about to get another one. And the way we got this book was funny. It was, again, at that particular CEO Space event that I went where I met Kim. But it was at a different event, but that it, they used to do them five times a year. And I say to people, if you'd like to write an itty-bitty book, please give me your card, and I will call you. And so a woman gave me her card. I called her. She had seen me speak in other places and knew who I was. I did not know who she was, and I asked her to tell me about yourself. And she said, well... Firstly, I'm a full-blooded gypsy. I said, okay. She said, I'm a disabled vet. I said, okay. She said, I'm a spiritual coach. I said, okay. She said, I'm a marijuana dispenser. I said, okay. She lives up in Washington State. And I said, so what do you want to write about? And she said, spiritual coaching. And I said, what's the low-hanging fruit? She said, I don't know. I said, it's pot. Why don't you write your amazing itty-bitty marijuana book, 15 Ways to Use Cannabis for Healing? She said, how did you do that? I said, that's what I do. And then, I know, it was wonderful. And then I said, and then you're going to write the book, 15 Ways to Talk to Your Kids About Cannabis. And then you're going to write the book, 15 Ways to Use Edibles Correctly. And then you're going to create a coaching program, and you're going to coach people on how to coach people how to use marijuana. Because if you misuse it, you're not going to hurt yourself it's just going to get really uncomfortable and you don't want to you, you don't want to overdo so you've got to coach people on how to use this same way people should be coaching people on how to use alcohol so they don't overdo that either but um and then you're going to create a cannabis coaching this is so outrageously wonderful a cannabis coaching certification program where you teach people and she said I want to do Mary Jane parties like Tupperware parties where you sell <laughs> All of all the paraphernalia, and I said, okay. So you 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 create your coaching program. People who graduate from their coaching program become Mary Jane party people, and you do parties all over the state of Washington, which she's doing. And so now she has her coaching program, she has her Mary Jane program, she has her book, and she called me one day. She'd just come from a cannabis festival. She was crying. She said, these are happy tears. I just sold 61 people into my cannabis coaching certification program and made $92,000. Well, that is real market validation. 
And that brings us to our fast favorite five-question round, where I'm going to ask you five quick questions and just answer with whatever comes to, to mind. Before Ready? we do that, could I just tell you one quick thing? Oh, please. Because besides being an author who does 15 chapters, we also have a 15 experts book. So we'll take a topic and we'll get 15 different people to write a chapter on that topic. So it's a, you can have a one, you can have a one chapter commitment in a book or you can have a full book. And there's a, okay. and that, I just needed you to know that because it's very exciting. So I'm going to ask you five questions and just share whatever answer or thought comes to mind as I ask each one. So question one, who's a person, past or present, that you'd like to have dinner with? Oprah. Number two. What's a book you'd recommend to listeners that you've found valuable? I read novels, and so one of my favorite books is called Aragon. It's about a boy and a dragon, and it's just a wonderful read. Number three, what's one specific tool or technique that you use to stay focused and on track? Oh, that's a great question. I like making money, so the thought of making money keeps me on track. Number four, what's the best advice you ever got? Discipline is freedom. Who told you that? A man by the name of David Gershon, I was a student of his in 1983. He and his wife, Gail Straub, do a program in New York called the Empowerment Seminars. And I was all over the place at that time. It was when I was making all the different changes in my life. I was a basket case, basically. And he said to me, discipline is freedom because I had no discipline. And although I had run a business, I didn't like even the word discipline. And when he said that to me, I heard him, but I didn't fully grok it until years mm -hmm. later. And now, the more disciplined I am, the more freedom I have. And number five, what's your favorite thing to do when you're not helping people in your business? Travel. I love to travel. Two things. I love to travel and I love to read. Well, that's a great fifth gift in your business. Yeah. I'd, like to, I'd like to thank you so much for joining me in my quest for the best and telling us about Itty Bitty Publishing. Um, what's one idea you'd like to leave listeners with today? You are the power in your life. You really do get to make up your life the way you want it to be, and there will be challenges, etc. But if you can think it, if you get an idea and you can think it, you can do it. It takes discipline. It takes work. It takes focus. But you can create your life the way you want it. You know, I follow the principles of Napoleon Hill. I don't believe that you, like in a secret, they just said, you know, wish it and it'll come. No, you have to work at it. You have to take action. But if you get an idea, it's like I had the idea, I wanted something bigger, and then this itty-bitty book idea fell into my lap, so to speak. But then I followed through and I did it. And it is work. And sometimes I am very tired. And sometimes I'm frustrated. But it's a phenomenal gift that was handed to me as an idea that I went ahead and did. So I'm the kind of person, I've been making up companies for 50 years. I get an idea and I do it. It's sort of like I throw it against the wall. If it sticks, I do it. If it doesn't, I don't do it. But I, I believe that people can do whatever they make up their mind they can do. And tell us where people could find out more about you and your work. The best way to do it is to go to www.ittypublishing.com. There you'll see our books and all the stuff. And, and there it says if, you, if you're interested in writing a book, just give us your name and your number and I'll call you. Or you can call me at 310-640-8885, 310-640-8885, and I'll tell you 
how you can become an itty bitty author. But I'll give that to you again, itty bitty publishing, I-T-T-Y, V-I-T-T-Y, publishing.com. And just send us your information so I can call you and tell you how to become an itty bitty author. It's a very exciting ride. Susie Pruden, founder of Itty Bitty Publishing. Thank you so much for joining me on my quest for the best. Thank you very much for this opportunity.